When you mm -hmm. go from technician to business owner, there's a lot of mindset shifts you have to make. You have a duty as a business owner to be profitable. I think you do, 100%. Yeah, because your duty is to your employees, your duty is to your customers, yep. and if you're not profitable, how can you expect to actually take care of your guy? So it's like, don't let your mindset about what you would pay for or what you would charge yeah. limit how you would offer solutions to the customer. If you know we pursue money, then we will turn into something evil. It doesn't have to go that way. You can just design your life. What's up, y'all? <sighs> I thought I was gonna beat you to it this time. That's why I hit the table like that. Ooh, you can't beat me. <laughs> you can't beat me to it. Oh, you know what? Challenge accepted. Uh, okay, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Dude, so that's an important learning lesson there, everybody. What's that? Sometimes you can get beat by other people. Um, I'll get you back in some other way, shape, or form. Mm. That's true. I believe that. I believe that <clears throat> I don't lose um, nicely. <laughs> what was oh, like, yeah, I just want to let you know. Uh huh. I got you. What'd you get me on? What? Uh, what'd your wife go pick up today? Uh, she got groceries. <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, she picked up my mountain bike. What she oh yeah. Up. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just like the time you were like, I'm going to quit drinking coffee. And then I got you that time too. Oh dude. I know Except this time you had to spend way more. <laughs> yeah. Drinking coffee was saving me money this time. Buying a mountain bike cost me a lot, but Hey, it came back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I made a thousand dollars buying that bike. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, Jared made me buy a mountain bike. Well, he convinced me to buy a mountain bike. It um, was, I got pretty tactful on that one. You know what got you? What? It was the last conversation I had. Because I took Alex for a mountain bike ride, mm -hmm. and he liked it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, dang, Alex might spend some time with Jared. And they're mm -hmm. going to go have some fun. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what did I tell you? It's an it's not only an investment in like your health, mm. it's an investment in your happiness. Because it's something <laughs> you're going to get to do with your friends, <laughs> right? And you yeah. were like, the next day you were like, I'm going to go buy a mountain bike. <laughs> I think, well, I think it actually goes back to like, I mean, yeah, what you say is true. Yeah, I'm like, a pretty influential person. <laughs> like, hanging out with friends is important. It is. It's very uh, important. And, I mean, a mountain bike's a good, like, a good fun thing to do with your friends. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, it kind of, that's, like, a, even a broader discussion of just, like, I purchased a mountain bike because you kept bringing it up. My son would go on mountain biking. So I was just surrounded by this idea of mountain biking mm -hmm. and I was just thinking about it so much. And then I was mm -hmm. like going over like, okay, what are the costs and the benefits? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't want to spend that money right now. Mm -hmm. And here's the funny thing is I was like, well, I don't want to spend that money right now. But then I was like, but it doesn't matter. Like that's an arbitrary reason. Okay. So like, this is like dovetailing into our conversation, right? Because dude, <clears throat> so this is an arbitrary reason. Cause I, I have the money to buy the mountain bike. That yep. was not a problem. Mm -hmm. But I put an arbitrary constraint on my life because I didn't feel comfortable with the amount that I was spending previous. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I don't want to spend any more because that is just continuing this bad habit. Mm, we won't even call it a bad habit because they're a necessary spending. I just moved. Yeah. So I dropped a bunch of money just moving. Yep. But it feels like your bank account is just going down continuously. And yep. like, I got to start getting this thing up so I can get my life under control. Yep. And so I was like, I don't want to buy a mountain bike because I'm just continuing this cycle. Yep. And then... The idea is like it'll never stop, and I'll just oh, I'll, I'll have no money. Yep. But what got me at the end? Well, one, thinking about mountain biking a lot, seeing it, you 
bugging me all the time. I put the seed in your brain. Yeah, and then I just yeah. happened to see that. I, I continually put the seed in your brain. Yes, you continually. And then I kind of watered it a little here. Yeah, you watered it watered here. Watered it a little there. You did a couple things here, did a couple things here. You showed me the benefits. You explained to me how this would be helpful and beneficial. And to then me, To me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and then the final thing is I said, well, who cares if I spend the money now? I'm going to spend the money eventually. And mm -hmm. if I don't spend the money now, I'm only limiting the time that I'll have to use the thing that I get. Yes. So I'm, lim I'm, I'm lengthening the time horizon to get to my ideal state, which is mountain biking with my friends and with my family and feeling somewhat confident at it so I don't feel like a total idiot. So, yeah. so what are the lessons in there, Jared? Come on, <laughs> break it down for us. Come it's on cool. How does this relate to your I think it's business? cool. I mean, you know, today we were going to talk about mindset, <clears throat> mindset of a plumbing business owner, like go, like, I think we should walk through the shift of like, when you mm -hmm. go from technician to business owner, mm -hmm. there's a lot of mindset shifts you have to make, but also like beyond that, when you start, once you become a business owner, mm -hmm. there's a lot of mind shift things that can hold you back mm -hmm. in your business, mm -hmm. like your mindset sure. around marketing mm -hmm. and just like right now, I just heated this idea in, mm -hmm. in your head, right? Maybe I didn't, wasn't all my fault, obviously. Right. right, sure, of course. But I played a small part in it. Right. But the ability to seed something in your head and mm -hmm. then it bears fruit, mm -hmm. probably months later, mm -hmm. right? This has been a long time that's been seeding oh. and watering in your head, right? Yes. So, yes, yeah, so we can talk mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we should start in like, you know, because when you're, when you're, Grown up in the trades, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. families middle class. Mm -hmm. You have this certain way of thinking about the world, and this certain way of thinking about money, and it's really tough to go into business. And you even have this certain way of thinking about people who are in business, right? Sure. Um, and you have to overcome a lot of those beliefs mm -hmm. before you can be successful in business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, to start out, like. I remember like part of my story growing up, I grew up middle class. Mm -hmm. My dad worked for the FAA. Um, he was a, he started out as an electronics technician um, and then moved up into like writing programs for training mm. other yeah, sure. electronics technicians. So he made good money like mm -hmm. his whole, his whole career, but mm -hmm. we always lived, he made good money, but we probably always lived well under like the money he was making. Sure. So I think he made like 46 bucks an hour, mm -hmm. which, you know, back then, you know, he's been retired for 10, 15 years now. Yeah, sure. And he made $46 an hour, you know, in the 40s for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Plus, because it's a federal job and we were living in Alaska, he got 25% COLA. Mm -hmm. So he got an ex additional 25% cost mm -hmm. of living expenses. Mm -hmm. So he's making, you know, 60, what does that work out to? 50 bucks an hour, 50 like some yeah, in the fifties, which is pretty mm -hmm. damn good. Mm -hmm. Like that's still a good wage today. Mm -hmm. um, and then my mom, she worked for the state of Alaska. Oh, she had dual income going. Dual income. So he mm -hmm. was making pretty good money. And then my mom also made pretty good money. Mm -hmm. She became, um, you know, like a manager position. Mm. She was up in the forties, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So they're making good money. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, we just lived like we never had anything. So did you, is that mean like you lived in a small house so we lived in an okay size house mm -hmm. it was like a house that it was we lived in a house that they had built before i was born it was really small okay. and then when i was like when i was like 10 we 
we like doubled the size of the house. Gotcha. Um, at that point, I think they probably had it pretty close to paid off, mm-hmm. and then they took out a home equity loan and kind of expanded the mm-hmm. house. Gotcha. Which, if you know, was probably a smart move. Mm-hmm. They probably spent like, I don't know, probably forty grand building the original portion of yeah. the house, and I yeah. think they spent like another ninety doubling it. Mm-hmm. So they're only one hundred and thirty in, and they sold mm-hmm. the thing for three hundred and eighty thousand. Was know? that the house that was across from your old house? Yeah, that very same house. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah, if you like looked at it, you could see mm. where the old portion was and where the new portion yeah, was. Yeah, gotcha. They like built a big garage and then built more house on mm. top of it. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, so we kind of lived like, you know, middle class. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were middle class. Yeah. Like money-wise, we were probably upper middle class, mm-hmm. but we just lived like every other middle class. All my neighbors lived the same way. You sure. probably lived the same way. Yep. We didn't go out and spend money recklessly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime anything was broken, we went and fixed it ourselves. Right. Yeah, of course. My dad was, you know, super handyman, mm-hmm. jack of all trades, master of nothing, <laughs> really smart, very mm-hmm. capable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the boiler broke, we went and fixed it. If mm-hmm. the water heater broke, we put in a new water heater. Mm-hmm. If wiring broke, we fixed the wiring. Mm-hmm. It was, if, if the house needed painted, we painted it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's how I grew up. We didn't pay anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody mowed our yard. Mm-hmm. Nothing. If we were capable, which we were more than capable on like a lot of stuff, right? right. Then we put it in. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that get into the trades, that's how they grow up. They grow sure. up in that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you grow, you know, you you get in the trades and you're making kind of that middle class income, mm-hmm. and you can't really afford to have somebody come mow your yard and mm-hmm. call the plumber all the time and call the electrician all the time. And mm-hmm. you kind of, and you're kind of a handy person because you're already yeah. in the trades, right? Yeah. So for mm-hmm. you to go kind of fix something really isn't that big of a deal. Right. 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 Like your dad's kind of that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll fix all this. He'll fix like his automobiles. He would always fix his own cars. Yep. And I think cause he liked to do it for a long time and then, I think that's mostly what it was. He just liked to do it. And then as he's gotten older, he likes to do it less and less, but he can still do it. Um, I'm trying to think growing up, if he ever like took cars to auto shops, I know maybe occasionally he did when it was mm-hmm. something that he just didn't have the tools to do. Yep. But typically he would fix his own stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause he grew up as a contractor, like a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. So he helped his, his dad's own, owned a company, a construction company. Mm-hmm. And so he would go and, build houses and stuff like that. So he mm-hmm. had a lot of handyman tendencies as well. So he would fix stuff. Um, I think he'd always try to get me to help him fix stuff. And I was like, dad, I ain't doing that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm busy not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to go like sit around and watch TV and not yeah. do that. Um, and so I'm trying to think like, because I think the way that we think about money, we have to like, we can't write it off, right? We have to like actually no, consider that because that is going to sort of dictate like in business, how we then think about our business and the money that we're making and even like why we're trying to make this money that we're making or yep. why we, like we might not even be thinking about that, right? Like yeah. the idea of businesses are supposed to make money. Like yeah. that's their foundational purpose. And we can say that without feeling gross about it yep. because we can understand broader concepts. But I know sometimes yeah. for some people, like for myself included, to be like the purpose of this is to make money. Because I was raised yeah. very much in like, well, there's higher purposes in things. And so, like, that isn't, like, the principal goal. So we can lose money yep. if we're fulfilling this, quote-unquote, higher purpose, whatever that might be. Yep. 
But the danger in that way of thinking is then the thing that you want to fulfill that higher purpose might not be able to do it because it's actually not running very effectively. Yep. Because you're not thinking about the one metric in your business that matters at the end of the day. Yes. Which is how much money you're making, how much profit you're pulling in. Yep. Because that is how you can do the rest of the things. Yeah. Um, so, like, so I mean, you, here, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so, like, there's, like, that lifestyle aspect of it, right? So you you immediately come from a lifestyle where money is a limiting factor on your life, right? Yes. You oh, yeah. only yeah. have so much money. Mm-hmm. And then for those reasons and for the reasons that you're kind of naturally handy, mm-hmm. you repair stuff yourself and mm-hmm. you don't hire people to do that. Right. So when you're starting a plumbing business, like that can limit the way you think about what you can offer your customer, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you're not your customer. Yeah, you're definitely um, And then you go, you know, there's more to it than just upbringing. There's also the political side of things. Sure. So there's the political side of things, <clears throat> you know, there's political side of things, and then there's also like for people who are raised, I don't want to say in the church, but like mm-hmm. religiously, like where they're involved in some sort of church or something, mm-hmm. oftentimes money is preached as the you know evil. Right. So like I like we'll touch on the church one and then we'll go into the political one mm-hmm. because that's kind of how it happened in my life. So mm-hmm. we were always, you know, as a child, we would always go to church. Mm-hmm. And then, and I didn't pay attention hardly, but I do remember hearing <laughs> <laughs> that money is the root of all evil. Sure. Right? Or mo- and and the way it was always taught to me as a mm-hmm. child in church is mm-hmm. that if you go and you pursue money, it's mm. evil. Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. So the pursuit of money is evil because it becomes this God in your life, right? Sure. And I just don't agree with that. Sure. I think that you can... <laughs> Go. <laughs> you can. I think you can go make money and still be a Christian. Yeah, and be a good person. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it was like. Was this similar for you growing up? Growing up, I remember because I grew up in the church as well. And growing up, I don't ever remember like hearing so many teachings about that. I think it's just because like, like we weren't like making frivolous purchases and doing weird stuff. Like I never got the sense that like, Oh man, my parents are running out of money. Mm -hmm. I remember we had to move houses because we were living and it was too expensive. At least that's what I remember. Who knows what the real reason was. Nobody Mm -hmm. was like communicating to little Joel, like why we're making these big moves. Right. And I never asked. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really until I was older where there was sort of like this, like sort of what I was talking about earlier where it's like, Hey, like if you want to do this, like you want to do this, you know, for Jesus, And then if you make money, that is just like, that part was like the weird part. Cause (laughs) it's like, well, if you, if you go to do this, like, cause I just remember like even being uncomfortable. I mean, geez, we've only been at this for like a year or so. Mm -hmm. Like even like talking to people who I know, like within the church community, like, yeah, like, um, like talking about you, be like, yeah, Jared's out there and he's making a ton of money and his thing. And people would be like, like they kind of have this weird hesitancy. Like, yeah, "Yeah, is Jared going to lose his soul? Cause he's like. Like he's going to turn into like this guy who's like money hungry and he's going to lose all of his like foundations as a Christian and as a human being. Yeah. And then I'd always be like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely is this idea that if, you know, we pursue money, then we will turn into something evil. Yeah. And I think that's like a pretty strong binary that we have to understand that that's not, it doesn't have to go that way. Yeah. Now, granted, I think that 
I can pursue money to the detriment of other things in my life. Yeah. Like I can go and work 15, 16 hours a day and never see my family and come yep. home grank, cranky and be like, well, if I don't make money, we're not going to live. Like yep. have some stuff. Like we can do that, but we can be poor in the same way. Yep. Like we can, we can be lazy and have the similar effects. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm so afraid of making money yep. that I will allow it to control me. And yep. then I'll live this crappy life because I'm so afraid of pursuing becoming rich, so yep. on and so forth. Yep. Um, so it wasn't until, like to answer your question, it wasn't until it was like later in life that the money question sort of was like, like I never really wanted to be like, yeah, I'm just trying to make more money at my job. Yeah. Even though I was just trying to make more money at my job. Cause yeah, I think if you were totally honest with yourself at any point in time in your life, you'd be like, yeah, more money would be really nice. Yeah. Like I never, whenever I got more money and got consistent pay raises or whatever, I was never like, wow, yeah, this is made this, my, this, this is hard sucks. now. Yeah. I'm this evil. is lame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This sucks. I'm evil. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a complex matter because like there's a like for some and like myself included, there's like a lot of baggage to weigh through that. There is, especially if you grew up going to church. Yeah, because like because you're taught you're taught the exact opposite. At least I was in my church. Mm -hmm. And that was like not just one church. It was, you know, two or three different churches. Yeah. Kind of all preached the same message. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of this general feeling around the Christian community mm -hmm. that I was around. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like something you got to deal with. Um, and in that as well, there's like mindset around money, but there's also like the mindset mm -hmm. of, you know, they don't teach you, they teach you that, you know, your life has a, a predestined plan, right? Sure. And that you need to find out what your purpose is. Right. And, and when you fulfill that purpose, that's when you're going to be happy. Mm, sure. And I, you know, that's something that I was like, okay, so what is my purpose then? Mm -hmm. And how do we find that out? Mm -hmm. And I could never get answers on that. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know what they think to this day. Mm -hmm. I remember there was that book, The Purpose Driven Life. Mm -hmm. Did you ever read that? I never read it, but I know <clears throat> the book. Yes. Rick Warren. Yes, pushed mm -hmm. super hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I read it and I just left more confused than I was in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. Yeah, sure. And so like when I got it, when I started business and I started making money, and realizing like it wasn't that I had a, maybe it was a purpose of mine to grow a plumbing business, mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that I had to go like seek out my purpose. It was just that I went and seeked mm. out what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so this whole idea of like that you can just design your life, mm -hmm. that was a whole new mindset shift to me. Mm -hmm. So let's go back. Let's just backtrack a little bit here. We, Grow up middle class. Mm -hmm. Some of us go to church. We're mm -hmm. told money is evil. And then we grow up a little more. We start getting into like politics. Mm -hmm. I remember like right when I was graduating high school or just after I graduated, that was like four years after. I was thinking about Obama running, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of my first like taste of like political, yeah, getting in into your, politics. In your adult life, yeah. Yeah, when mm -hmm. I was like 22. Mm -hmm. And I had some friends that were really into Obama Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I don't know what I think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that's when I like decided, like, I'm going to go figure out, like, what I actually believe in in politics. Because, mm -hmm. like, like, during that time, there's, like, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff around money and politics. Like, sure. eat the rich. The rich are evil. We need to mm -hmm. tax the rich. They're mm -hmm. just ripping everybody off. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's preached in kind of the mainstream media there. Mm -hmm. And so... All of those things there like mm -hmm. led me to look at business owners who were 
charging enough to the customer mm-hmm. to have a good business, mm-hmm. they were just ripping people off. No matter how good of care they were taking to mm-hmm. the customer, no matter how well they were taking care mm-hmm. of their employees, mm-hmm. if they were getting rich or making a lot of money mm-hmm. by charging a lot of money to the customer, they were ripping people off. Yeah. And that was kind of my mindset, like going into business, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of funny because like mm-hmm. I got in the trades when I was 18 mm-hmm. and started working as a plumber. And there was a company in town mm-hmm. that charged a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they had a well-known reputation amongst all the other plumbers in town that they were just ripping people off. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, I want to say everybody was like 100 bucks an hour mm-hmm. back then, and this company was like 300 Sure. Right? So they're like triple what everybody else is. Mm-hmm. And it was it's just funny because like I had that stigma and then with my background or my upbringing, mm-hmm. I looked at that and I said, yeah, they are ripping people off, right? Yeah. They're charging tons of money. That mm-hmm. guy's got to be making a ton of money mm-hmm. and it's evil and he's just ripping people mm-hmm. off. And it's funny because then as I started in on my business journey with Prospector, I slowly noticed myself <laughs> becoming that company, right? Sure. Yeah. It was a weird moment. Like that company had kind of, fallen off the market. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure why. I think marketing had changed a little bit. Sure. Um, the owners got older. They started to care less about the business, I mm-hmm. think. I mm-hmm. think they, you know, they had a really good run. Mm-hmm. I think they made millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then they probably took that and invested it in real estate or something else. Yeah. And they probably didn't need the income as much anymore. Yeah. And they were tired of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And they probably couldn't sell it because no, who wants to buy a business in Fairbanks, Alaska? Right. right. And so they're like, we're just going to let this thing just, yeah. you know, we're just going to let it go. Yeah. We're going to let it run and whatever happens to it. Yeah. So they started losing customer base. They mm-hmm. dropped from like 12 guys down to like three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I jumped into the market. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I remember the the first time I like started seeing their invoices and some of them were cheaper than ours. Mm. And I was like, huh, I'm <laughs> I'm just becoming the next ultra. And I had that realization of like all those years mm-hmm. that I thought that they were ripping people off mm. and doing a terrible job. Maybe they were actually just providing a really good service to the community sure. and taking really good care of their employees mm. and making sure they charge enough for it to make a profit. Mm-hmm. And it's not evil. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. Right. Yeah. Just because it's because they're charging more, you can't just write them off. Yeah. And that was a huge struggle in my head. Mm-hmm. Like when I first ran the calculation of mm. how much it costs to run a plumbing business, mm-hmm. like when I did it, it was the cost that it ran, took me to run my plumbing business like from home. Right. And it was like $259 an hour, mm-hmm. which was still way too cheap. But to go from I was charging one forty to two fifty nine, I was like, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna pay this. Mm-hmm. Like, who's gonna pay for this? Yeah, because you wouldn't pay for it. No, I wouldn't even pay for one twenty. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. when I would go to people's houses when I first started out, I'd go to their house and I would give them an estimate, mm-hmm. and I never thought about um, what like how can I provide this service that best takes care of the customer. It, I always came at it from a point of mm. this is broken. How can we fix it for as cheap as possible? Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, like how can we view, 
yeah, how can we cut back on expenses? Almost like money is our limiting factor here. Like, or it's maybe it's the thing that we consider the most. Yeah. So we can go, we can go and yeah. And that plays a role in like two places. Mm -hmm. So you can Mm -hmm. go to your customer and there's something broken Mm -hmm. and you're thinking they want to spend as little money as possible. Sure. Oh, dude, that's huge. Just assuming that that's what their thoughts are. So I'm going to give them the cheapest possible fix at the cheapest price that I can offer, right? So it plays a role there, Mm -hmm. which is totally backwards of what you want to do, Mm -hmm. right? Instead, you should have the mindset of, you know, this person called me into their home because Mm -hmm. I'm the professional, Right. And they re- what they really want is they don't want to call you back. Yeah. Right? Or they don't want to call anybody else. They don't want to call anybody, period. They wish it <laughs> yeah. just they wish it yeah. just didn't break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So ideally, you know, you would answer your phone. Ideally, you would just show up when the problem arises. Mm-hmm. You'd knock on their door when they mm-hmm. realize they have the problem. Mm-hmm. And it would be you would fix it and you could guarantee them that no problems are ever going to happen again. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't care how much that cost. Right. If you could make that guarantee, mm-hmm. if you, they could pay you 10 grand mm-hmm. and you could make that guarantee, mm-hmm. they'd be happy. Mm-hmm. So in reality, you want to go into their house and do your best to give them that guarantee. Yeah, sure. Like, as much mm-hmm. as possible, go in and right. look at the whole system. Mm-hmm. Come up with why the problem happened. Mm-hmm. Don't just fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Fix this, you know, don't just fix the symptom. Mm-hmm. Fix the root cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they need new equipment, if it would benefit them mm-hmm. to have new equipment, offer them new equipment. Yeah, without right? running a price calculation in your head to sort of prejudge what their answer might be. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're you're just doing that out of your own perspective. Yep. That's not you're not. Because you don't know what they're thinking. Like you can nope. walk into a house that you go, they don't have any money just by the way that mm-hmm. this house looks and by what I see. Mm-hmm. But come to find out, they might have a ton of money. And like they might not have much money, they but they might be willing to spend that money to have their problem fixed in a way that it's yeah. long term, yeah. right? It's a it's a long term solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's like don't let your mindset about what you would pay for or what you would charge limit how you would offer solutions to the customer. Exactly. Like you should be pitching the same solutions to any customer because you just don't know what they want until you actually start to get into the weeds and have the conversations. Um, But you're still coming in as like, I'm just trying to solve your problems, man. Like price isn't even in my head now because we need to figure out how to fix all these things. Yeah. Like I think we brought up like the example of like, which is more extreme obviously, but like if you go into a doctor's office, if the doctor were to say, hey, so let's just do a price breakdown first before we talk about fixing any of your issues. Yeah. Let, I'm going to let you know, like, that hip replacement, really expensive. So maybe we should just start with something cheaper. Or if the doctor's like, let me find all your problems, and then we'll talk about the cost later. But let me tell you all these things. Like, we would want that. Yeah. And I think approaching a homeowner that they really do want the things to be yeah. fixed. Yep. And then, like, if you talk, like, when you talk about, like, guaranteeing the service for life. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we can't provide that perfect service. Right. But what you can provide is I'm the person to call when something else breaks. Yep. But today, I'm really hoping that what we do today is going to, at least in this area of your house, ensure that this is going to be good for a long, long time. Yeah, and it's not that you have to, like, fix it to that level or replace it to that level. It's that you have to offer that to the customer and then let them decide, right? It's so I always tell my guys, I tell them, you know, I, I give them the example of the toilet flapper. Of course, my example for everything. <laughs> like somebody calls for a toilet flapper, yeah, we can go in and just 
replace the toilet flapper and build a customer and get out of there. Mm-hmm. But what if they wanted a new toilet? Mm-hmm. Or what if mm-hmm. they needed a new toilet, mm-hmm. right? Um, so put the choice in their hands. It'd be mm-hmm. like a doctor coming at you. Like if you went in and replaced a flapper, mm-hmm. and, but yet there was a leaky angle stop on that toilet mm-hmm. and you didn't say anything about it because mm-hmm. you were worried about how much that was going to cost. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a doctor coming to you Mm-hmm. And you having to get some procedure done, and he opened up your leg or something, mm-hmm. and he's in there fixing the problem, and he notices you've got like a tumor that may be cancerous. Mm-hmm. But he's like, Ugh, and he just sews you back up, <laughs> right? Sure. I don't want to let him know because that's going to be expensive. And then two years later, you find out, oh, I got cancer, and nobody told me. Two months later, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a tumor in your leg. Mm-hmm. You're like, my doctor was just in there. Mm-hmm. Should he have seen that? Mm-hmm. And he goes. And so you go back to your doctor and he's like, oh yeah, I saw that in there, but I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. You'd be pissed, right? Because I'm worried, because in my mind, the price is a limiting factor. Yeah. And I didn't want to upset you with the price. Yeah. Or I didn't want to upset you with bad news or yeah, sure. whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. They're, like, that's one area of it. When you're mm-hmm. going into there, I'm like, that that can affect your mindset. Mm-hmm. Just, And what's funny is your technicians are going to deal with that as well. Yeah. Especially if you're getting technicians that aren't super used to mm-hmm. charging like flat rate mm-hmm. service fees that are more expensive, mm-hmm. they're going to have a hard time going in. How much work did you do with your technicians about helping them with their mindsets? Because they, chances are, had the same, very similar upbringing and mindset to you. Yep. And your technicians need to be on a similar mindset page so that they're comfortable doing what they're doing. <clears throat> so how have you sort of helped their mindsets? Yeah, it's something that we have had to be really intentional with because mm, all sure. of our plumbers came from a couple of them came from service world, but it was commercial service. Mm, mm-hmm. And then the rest of them have come from just commercial new construction. And so they, you know, none of them have ever in their whole career charged what we charge to the customer. Sure. And so number one, like I think number one thing that helped when I, learn to truly believe in my own pricing, mm. that's when it was like they they noticed, mm. right? When I was like, it's kind mm-hmm. of expensive, they notice, and mm-hmm. it rubs off on them. Yeah, sure. And then it rubs off on the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was like, this is our price, end of story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I really believed in it deep down inside, mm-hmm. that's when they started to believe it. Mm-hmm. Maybe before we even get there, like, because as people listen to this, they begin to raise their prices because they do a pricing calculator, mm-hmm. whatever it is, they're going to have that same moment of like, holy moly. So yeah. like, how did you sort of get your mindset flipped around this? I don't want to be the ch- expensive <coughs> guy ripping people off because that's bad. Or I don't want to be profitable because that's bad. Yeah. Like, how did you slowly begin to the point where now you're just like, I'm very confident in my prices, even to the point where now you're very confident to be like, y'all should be more expensive. Yeah, for me, it just came to a point where it was like, I had a pretty decent sized business and we weren't making any money. Oh, sure. We were losing money. And I was looking around and going, I have all of this risk. Mm. And at this point in time, Mm. it's like, if I continue to go down this road, then why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Right? Why am I in business if my Mm. business doesn't make any money? Sure. And then you start to think about, how much risk that is, like how much additional risk it adds because Mm -hmm. you're not making money, Mm. it's astronomical. So like not making any money 
And then, like, I've had a guy go in and flood a basement. It cost me 25 grand. Mm-hmm. If you're not making any money, where's that 25 grand come from? Your pocket. Exactly. Or your credit card or right? a loan or... You're sitting there busting your butt for this business day in and day out, mm-hmm. spending your life and all of your brain power and everything mm-hmm. on the business, mm-hmm. and you have other people's families involved in it, mm-hmm. and it's not making money. Mm-hmm. Y- Why? Right. That's when I was like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, so... This thing's got to make money. Yeah, so like within that, like, because that's positioning profit, having a profitable business as almost this, mm, this might be too strong of a word, but it's almost like an altruistic perspective where it says, hey, me being profitable is really benefiting everybody. It is. Counter to the opinion that the profitable business owner is just the guy who's trying to make himself rich so that he can live a luxurious lifestyle and whatever we think of when we think about that. Not that there's anything wrong with that though. Yeah, true. I know. I'm just like put it, positioning it as a point. Like when yeah. we view it, we view it in that way. Yeah. But to push against that, to be like, well, no, it's your responsibility as a business owner to be profitable because people who work with you and who work for you yep. are depending upon you doing that, which is sort yeah. of, okay. So this is ironic, this thought here, because the same people within companies will go, man, it's really lame that the CEO of this company is profitable, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate my paycheck and I kind of want to make more money. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's really our thoughts, right? Like, I don't know it anybody is. who would work at, like, Amazon or any of these companies that people are always railing against these billionaires or yep. whatever, and they're like, man, it's so lame they make more money, but I would love to get a pay raise. And yeah. so the answer would be like, yeah, man, if I'm profitable and you have merits, I can give you a pay raise. Yeah. But if I'm not profitable, then you can't get a pay raise. Yep. And then obviously there's a conversation of like, well, how come they can make all that money and they don't spread it around? And I mean, that's like, in my mind, like who cares? Who cares what they make, right? It doesn't really matter. But the whole idea is that you have a duty as a business owner to be profitable. I think you do, 100%. Yeah, because your duty is to your employees, your duty is to your customers. And if you're not profitable, how can you expect to actually take care of your guys how can you take care of your csr so can you take care of your customers you don't only have a duty to your customers and to your employees you also have a duty to yourself Mm. and your family like i think that's where it has to start Mm, sure because i i'm a big fan of if you don't have your own house in order you ain't gonna get anything else in order, (laughs) right? Yeah, sure. sure, so (laughs) i think it starts with you being okay with yes i'm in business to make money Mm -hmm. so that i can better support my family right and then as a result of that, mm-hmm. because I choose to do business in a way where I'm actually profitable, mm-hmm. the benefit of that is now I can actually take care of my customers, right? Mm-hmm. I can actually afford to slow down, take good care of my customers, put pieces in place, systems in place, tools in place mm-hmm. that allow me to take better care of my customer, mm-hmm. which only allows you to make more money. right? And then... Second result of that is now I can take better care of my people. Right. So it's a win, win, win. Mm -hmm. But it all starts with you making more money. Right. And I think, because you can't go the other way around. You Mm -hmm. can't say, I'm going to make a really good place for my people and I'm going to make a really good place for my customers, but I'm not going to make any money. Right. It doesn't work. Right. Um, but if you start with, I'm going to make more money because this is a business and this is what needs to happen mm-hmm. for a business. Mm-hmm. I'm in business to be profitable mm-hmm. so that I can support myself and my family to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. How do I go about making a really profitable business? Mm-hmm. Well, I need to be 
I need to charge what I need to charge in order to make a profit. Mm-hmm. And then, which so many people struggle with, it's insane. Yep. Um, and then it it boils down to okay, I need to treat my customers well, so that sure. they enjoy my service. So they, keep- I need to be willing to invest in my business in order to make money. Mm-hmm. And then I need to be able to treat my employees really well. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to invest in my employees mm-hmm. so that they can be the best productive employees possible. Mm-hmm. And so if you start with if you start with trying to operate your business as cheap as possible, you don't even have those options. So yeah. like a lot of people mm. they they come in from growing up in mm. middle class, they come in from the church and they they don't understand the idea of they don't, they don't understand a lot, but one of the things they don't understand is charging enough to actually be profitable in your business mm-hmm. and not looking at what everybody else in the market is charging. Yeah. Like to base your prices off what it costs you to run your business. Cause you'll get guys that go, like you were telling me earlier, well, I base my prices off of what everybody else is charging. Mm-hmm. Right. But you don't even know, like, if those people are profitable. Yeah. Like most, most plumbing businesses out there, aren't profitable. Mm-hmm. They're just barely hanging mm-hmm. on. And so the game they're playing is, okay, I'm going to go charge $150 an hour because that's what everybody around me is charging. Now I got to try to build my business to fit under that $150 yeah. an hour price tag. Which so, means we're cutting expenses. We're always looking for ways we can shave. Yeah. We can shave off parts so that we can sit yeah. under that tent trying to buy old used vans mm-hmm. trying to not buy this really expensive piece of equipment um you know not doing this marketing over here because it's 200 dollars a lead mm-hmm. um and that's just that's just like it's too expensive it's not mm-hmm. worth it mm-hmm. and then you don't have regular you know workflow mm-hmm. and the only and the people that suffer from that like you suffer first, but then as <laughs> yeah, a reason, you definitely suffer first. You, you suffer. the business owner, you suffer first and most of all. Yep. And then because you're suffering, you can't afford to go invest in a good system for your customers. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to invest in good equipment to better serve mm-hmm. your customers. Mm-hmm. And you can't afford to go invest in your employees mm-hmm. and give them the training they need and mm-hmm. take the time to give them the proper tools they need and make sure they have nice vehicles to run around and Mm -hmm. make sure they're making enough money to go home and actually support their family. Right. Mm -hmm. The funny part is that like, if you asked anybody, right. And you said, Hey, you know, if I could operate, if you could operate your business in a way that provided really good service to your customers Mm -hmm. and provided a really good opportunity for your employees, where your employees actually made a, a decent wage mm-hmm. where they could go home and take care of their families and mm-hmm. have nice tires on their cars and their kids could do the sports they want to do mm-hmm. um, and they could retire someday after mm-hmm. working for you for a long time and you made money at the end of the day, would that be awesome? Like every <laughs> single business owner would say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's possible. And then on the flip side of that, if you went and told any homeowner, hey, you know, would you be willing to support a company mm. that t- that not only took really good care of you, the customer, mm-hmm. like had the best equipment, highly trained technicians, mm-hmm. you know, really quality service. Um, not only did that, but they c- took care of their people. Like right. you knew that their people were getting paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, they had 
you know, all the stuff I mentioned before, t- mm-hmm. nice tires on their cars, their kids were able mm-hmm. to be in sports. They were set up with retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of business you would want to support? Right. They would all say yes. Yeah. And if you asked them the opposite of mm-hmm. the guy who's charging too little and said, hey, would you want to support a business that doesn't take very good care of its customers because it can't afford to and then mm-hmm. doesn't pay its employees very well and can't provide them with benefits and can't provide them with good equipment mm-hmm. and you know maybe has a dangerous place to work at and his sure. employees aren't happy and he's not making any money. Would you want to support that? Mm-hmm. They would say no. But then yet they go and do the exact opposite with their dollar right. because of a lack of understanding of right. how much it actually costs to run a plumbing business. Yeah, and really that lack of understanding comes because there aren't enough plumbing companies who are charging enough to actually show that. Yep, It's like... I mean, I even had this conversation today with a guy and just like talking about, he was saying, I mean, essentially the point is it's like, for whatever reason, people think it's like plumbing is a negotiable price. We're like, when you come into my house and you can <coughs> fix my stuff, suddenly now I'm allowed to talk you out of this price. Yeah. But I didn't ever go to the grocery store and I'm like, hey man, so milk at Safeway is a buck cheaper, 50 cents cheaper. I don't think I should be paying this here. I yeah. think this is uh, this is weird. I think this is a crime that you're ripping me off here. We just go buy our groceries because yeah. it's just we're just used to that because that's how every grocery store operates. Yep. And I'm not saying here that like you can't like negotiate prices with your customer. Like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for whatever reason, well, because so many people are so cheap, yep. that there is this feeling of like, well, we can negotiate on this. And since everybody's cheap, that's how much this must cost. Yeah. Why are you so much more expensive than that guy? Yeah. And then because and it's, we it's have- like, well, you want the real answer? Yeah. Because <laughs> that guy's too cheap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And because we have this mindset that leads us to ask that question, because what we're asking is like, how are you going to rip me off by being so expensive? Because just in our culture, we're pre-charged to think that when things are expensive. Yeah. But only certain things, right? Like I'm never asking why my iPhone is so expensive and it's such a ripoff that it is. I know. That's the funny part. And like when there's so many things that we, if we're honest with ourselves, we all buy things that we should not should, but that we could have reason to be like, okay, so uh, you're you're uh, how many hours did it take you to make that laptop? So you're saying that like you know there's so many like weird questions we could ask of those, but we just say yeah. I'll buy it, I'll just get it because the price is what it is. Yeah, and but when it comes to service work, it's like this huge new ball game, even though it's such a larger, more important part of our life. Mm-hmm. And it comes again from mindsets on both sides of the table, like the business side and the customer side, where we're just not thinking about money mm, in like a balanced way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're not. And then since plumbing companies are also not thinking about their money correctly, they're not charging enough. Yeah. And yeah. The funny part about like the iPhone is like people will say when Steve jobs was involved, he's mm-hmm. making way too much money. Mm-hmm. Like we need to tax him more. Mm-hmm. but yet they're still willing to pay 1400 bucks for an iPhone, yeah. right? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if he's making too much money, like, go buy a different phone. Right. Like, if you don't like how much money he makes, go buy a different phone. Right. But yet they still buy the iPhone because right. they like the iPhone, right. right? It's a silly thing to me. Yeah. We, like, we get customers all the time that, and it's not, it's, it's, for how many customers we, customers we serve, it's fairly rare, but mm-hmm. we'll get customers that, we go to their house, we provide them with options, we give them mm-hmm. estimates, 
and we let them decide how they want to spend their money. Mm -hmm. They have every right to say, nah, I don't want to do any of this Mm -hmm. and call another plumber. Mm -hmm. But yet they'll sign our estimate. They'll have us do the work. They'll sign that the work was satisfactory up to their standards. Mm -hmm. And then they'll sign their (laughs) credit card statement as well, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll reach back out to us and want to know, why was this so expensive? Mm-hmm. Like this seems out of line and and I want to break down on on mm-hmm. parts and labor. Mm-hmm. And we and I'm like, <laughs> you wanna like there's way more that went into this bill than just the labor of the technician and the parts that, that yes. we installed at your house. Yes. Um and to give you an entire breakdown of like how much of that e- each of our expenses was into your yeah, percentage wise, like percentage wise into your bill. This much. This percentage was the van payment. This percentage yeah. was the marketing. This percentage was I don't, the this. I don't have that. Yeah, like I don't have that information. <laughs> yeah, I could spend hours working that up for you, mm-hmm. but I really don't have that information. Right, right. And that, but the funny part is, they they only equate the value of the service with the labor that was involved and uh, the materials that were involved. Right, yes. because we've been as a service industry charging by the hour for so long. Yep. So. And that's just part of the mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's like part of the mindset that when you go in as a business owner mm-hmm. and you're going into people's homes, you're thinking that way. Mm-hmm. It's the labor and the materials, mm-hmm. right? And it makes sense because even to this day, like we still use an hourly rate to figure out how yeah. much we charge for something. Yeah. But the reality is like there's so much stuff built into that hourly mm-hmm. rate. Mm-hmm. It's not just the labor. Right. That hourly rate represents more than labor. It represents all of the expenses to run your plumbing company. Yes. And so to break that down for somebody would just be ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like, like I don't know when people are asking those questions, like I don't know what the answer they want. I mean, I guess <laughs> maybe the answer they want is I don't either. Is for you to be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll just make it $500 like the other plumbing company said it would be having never seen the problem or saw the scope yeah. of work or whatever, right?" Yeah. Cuz that's typically how those conversations go. It says, "Oh, I, I checked with yeah. so and so. I called your competitor and they said that, that was outrageous." <laughs> like, "Well, of course my competitor is going to say that's outrageous." <laughs> like, don't you yeah. think that that's a bias that you're talking to yeah. or like I used to be a plumber and we did this and like all these like interesting things um, yeah. where they dispute the costs. And I just don't know what answer is satisfactory to them. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Unless there's truly somebody who's just really wants to learn. And then, which I would say is a rare person who would say, I'm just curious. Can you tell me that? And then you'd say, yeah, here's, can I, I have to give you this entire breakdown of my business. And they might be like, Oh, I actually never considered that. Cause they wouldn't, I've tried that. And they don't understand it. Sure. Yeah, because well, it's not the answer they were expecting. So typically those kind of customers, so we'll have a thousand happy customers. Yeah. And then two of those thousand will just, they just want to be a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And they're asking you the question because mm-hmm. they want to be a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And if you answer honestly and you give them that breakdown, they go through that breakdown. They're like, well, you're spending too much money on this. Oh, sure. And <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have to pay for this. Mm-hmm. And I definitely shouldn't have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So you're price gouging me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? How? Yeah. how what is price gouging in the first place? I don't yeah. even understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would never I would never give them the, the breakdown of like, yeah. this is what we spend on marketing. They'd be like, what the? Yeah, they'd be like, that's <laughs> insane. Maybe you should spend less on marketing so you, so you don't have to charge me so much. And I'd be like, 
if I spent less on marketing, I wouldn't have you as a customer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just don't understand business. So to try to like teach mm. them business principles when they're angry over the price of your service. Yeah. Over like an email or like over the phone or something. Yeah. Like to teach like all of your experience into where you got to where you got and where you want to go and have that whole like life. Here's my life and my ambition in yeah. that little tiny conversation. Yeah. They're not really looking for that answer. And it's, nope. it's going to just be a lot of frustration on your side. Yes. <sighs> They'll just end angry again. Yeah. Hmm. Side note, this spin drift, half tea, half lemon. I know it's pretty good. This is good. Yeah, it is the good. The black tea with some lemon. Mm-hmm. I don't like spin drift, but this is good. Yeah, product placement. So spin drift, if you're listening, you know, send us a case. We'll keep <laughs> drinking them on the air, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're going to shut us down now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, well, yeah, so the first big mindset shift that you had was realizing at least let me like sort of rephrase it back to you is that you realize that making money wasn't evil. Yes. And, and then, that it's okay to charge what you have to charge to make a profit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because within that is gives you the ability as a business owner to then provide for people properly. Yep. Those people being customers or those people being your employees. Yep. Which at the end of the day, like every business that should be the goal of every business. It should be, but like, unfortunately, I think they think it is, uh, but uh, but they don't really realize it. Okay, so I think this is I think this is the thought process. It goes like this. It goes, man, I want to open a business so that I can provide for my employees a great life and I can do really good at what I'm doing, like yep. whatever I'm doing, and that's where they stop and then they just start. But they they, they think that providing the customer value is by giving them a a cheap price. Yeah, sure. Like, that's where they go wrong. Yeah. They don't understand that you can provide lots of value to the customer and charge what it takes to for you to provide that value, mm-hmm. and the customer will be more than happy, mm-hmm. right? So they think that if they're too expensive, the customer won't be happy mm-hmm. because in their upbringing and in their world, it was all about price. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming from that middle-class fix-it-yourself mindset. Yeah. Yeah, like another mm-hmm. example of that. We have a, a sports store in Fairbanks mm-hmm. called Beaver Sports. Mm-hmm. And they're like high-end sports gear. Mm-hmm. Nice bikes, you know, mm-hmm. name brand bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, mm-hmm. you know, outdoor equipment, all name brand stuff, outerwear, all name brand stuff. Mm-hmm. And I heard all the time like, oh, they're just ripping people off. Yeah, sure. But in reality, like, so I actually got a job there when I was still in high school. Mm -hmm. And I remember going there and when we would get new gear in, it would come with a minimum price that we're allowed to sell it at. Yeah. Right. Cause they didn't want you selling their products too cheap. Sure. Yep. But basically it was a hundred percent markup. So Mm -hmm. if we bought it for a hundred, we sold it for two. Right. 50% margin on it, gross margin, Mm hundred percent markup. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, Oh, all these people think that, Beaver Sports is ripping people off, but really they're just doing the minimum pricing they're allowed to do. Yeah. And it was funny to me. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, as I worked there, I learned a little bit about the products and I'm like, oh, these products are actually more valuable. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. can go get a bike from, you know, Fred Meyer down the road for a hundred dollars, or you can come to Beaver Sports and get one that is like 10 times the value for Mm -hmm. only four times the price. Mm, Sure, 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 sure. And even if it's just four times the value for four times the price. Right. Like I started to understand at that point, like these, this is a way more valuable product 
That's why it's a higher price. Right. Sure, sure. And so that helped me out when I was starting my plumbing business mm-hmm. going, mm, okay, it's the value of the product that we're delivering mm-hmm. that dictates the price. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the, it's not, everybody's not trying to get the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody's not going to Fred Meyer to buy the $100 bike. Right. Not everybody is buying whatever cheap phone is on the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tons of customers came to Beaver Sports to get the nice bike. Yep. Like we were selling like two, three thousand dollar bikes. Mm-hmm. You just bought a what, forty five hundred dollar bike? I did. Yeah. Why? Well, because I wanted. Well, because I told you to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you. Like I like to buy things. Like now I like to try to buy things once. Mm-hmm. So if I bought a twenty five hundred dollar bike. Uh, one, you'd be like, why don't you buy a $2,500 bike? Because the whole point behind that, you'd be like, you're just going to have to buy a $4,500 yeah. bike down the road. You're just going to so, you're just gonna outgrow that $2,500 bike. Yeah, and so now you're actually going to spend more than you would previous. So for yeah. me, I was like, well, I might as well just enter into this point where this will last me a long time. It's more expensive. I'll, yep. have, I'll have more fun. There'll yep. be more value to it. Yep. It has more of the things that will allow me to grow into it and go beyond what it can do. Yep. And then I won't have to spend more money later because typically things of value that's are what, better. That's <laughs> what your customers want. Yeah. Right? That's what, Isn't that I funny? Mean, that's kind like of what All we, those things you just yes. said. Yeah, because typically like, you know, maybe the handyman who's going in there and charging dirt cheap, I mean, everybody knows there's going to be, there's a, there's a reason why he's so cheap. Because things aren't as good as they could be. Yep. And that could be like, you know, materials and like sketchy things. And it could just be like his appearance, all those things, the way he thinks about his business because he's charging so little. Yeah. He doesn't have the proper qualifications. And like everybody would be like, yeah, I'd much rather have the one thing that I don't have to touch. Like this goes back to the same example of if I can get my stuff fixed forever, I'll pay more to get it fixed forever. Yep. I'll spend more on an expensive bike so I don't have to buy another bike later and spend more money. Yep. That's exactly what your customers want. And so it's maybe, crazy. yeah. And it's funny because it's like, like you knew that even when you were probably still thinking like, Oh, this other plumbing company is ripping people off. And yet you yeah. had an idea of what value was in your head. Yep. And so like, I think being aware of our mindsets is really important because they always need work. Like we're always going to be thinking about things, probably not a hundred percent correct. And I think if we get into the moments where we're like, no, I'm really sure about this, we should still be open to the ideas of like, okay, well, what am I still missing, right? Yeah. Like, what am I still, what am I still closed off to, or what new ideas, or how am I thinking about this that's limiting me? Yeah, it's hard to think about though. Super hard like to think if you about. You don't have outside influence on your mm. on your own brain. Yeah, it's like why <laughs> yeah. it's like why I'm such a fan of like paying for coaching or classes or any of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because you get to go learn stuff that you didn't know existed, Yep. which opens whole new worlds in your brain, mm-hmm. right? And then, which opens up new possibilities and new ways of thinking, and mm-hmm. you start to understand, like, how your thinking was holding you back. Because mm-hmm. um, there's, like, things that... Like, I was watching an Alex Hormozzi video mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. and he broke it down, like, there's things holding you back that you know about, yeah. then there's these things that you have no idea about. Yeah. They're holding you back. <laughs> yeah. And sure. you don't like mm. you don't even know you're being held back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all because of something the way you believe about something. Yeah. And so if you can identify those things, mm-hmm. and like so for him, when he was laying it out, he laid out like an example of this one thing mm-hmm. that he was going down this path 
Mm-hmm. And somebody came into his life was like, have you ever thought about it like this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Ding, yeah. holy moly. Yeah. And it completely changed the mm-hmm. projection on his life, right? Mm-hmm. Went from, you know, I think making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month to making, you know, nine figures a month or eight mm-hmm. figures a month. Mm-hmm. So it's huge, like yep. mindset. Um, even over the last, you know, for me personally, mm-hmm. The whole business journey of growing a plumbing business and scaling a plumbing business and then moving away from the plumbing business, mm-hmm. huge mindset shifts. Yep. Huge that have had massive changes on my life, right? Mm-hmm. And then even, you know, I've paid for tons of coaching since then. Over mm-hmm. the last year, I've probably spent, you know, this year alone already, I've already spent 126000 on coaching. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I probably spent, I don't know, 80 or 90,000 on coaching. Mm -hmm. And just the amount that I have learned over the last year and a half has been absolutely unreal. I mean, it's been (laughs) life-changing. It's completely changed what I'm doing today. Right. (laughs) Because of the information I learned a year ago. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even think, I didn't even know. Let's just, let's put some examples behind that. Sure, sure. I didn't, my plan now for the future um, is to like the ultimate plan and how I get there, I'm not quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. Still flushing that out. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate plan is okay, I'm going, I want to educate as many plumbing businesses as we can mm-hmm. over the internet, give away all the information for free, mm-hmm. talk to them about mindset, talk to them about mm-hmm. pricing, show them all the stuff that I've learned over the last few years growing and scaling my business. Um, eventually, you know, if they need help and they want help, Offer them coaching. Mm -hmm. So we've got our coaching program where you can come in and you can get the help you need. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're basically, everything that we give you for free on the YouTube channel Mm -hmm. is just boiled down into step-by-step succinct information so that you can go from where you're at to where you want to be much faster. Mm -hmm. And then we give you the help you need, the guidance you need Mm -hmm. via coaching. So you can come get that help, but... Like my ultimate goal at the end of the day is I want plumbing businesses to come to me and say, hey, man, I want you to invest in my company. Mm -hmm. I'm at this dollar amount here. You know, I've got this many employees and I want to go to here Mm -hmm. and I want to bring these people in and I want to invest in their company via they give me a portion of their company and then I personally help them grow their company to you know, maybe we go from five million to ten million. Mm-hmm. Help them go from five million dollars a year to ten million, mm-hmm. and then take those companies and lump them together, and then go sell them. Mm-hmm. So if we can lump four companies together under one umbrella, all of a sudden we can sell those for a much higher multiple mm-hmm. because it's going to attract a bigger PE firm, right? Right. right. <laughs> and there's PE firms that are looking for businesses that, you know, have more revenue and more profit margins, right? Mm-hmm. They operate in that realm. Mm-hmm. So basically we become, we become a PE firm for, you know, we become a PE firm of smaller companies yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at that, okay? And so in this learning, like learning, mm, sure. <clears throat> like I've learned all about the internet. <laughs> like, like how to use the internet, how, how to, to monetize u- the internet. How to use the internet. Like mm-hmm. we've started, you know, posting we post twice a day mm-hmm. on all the social platforms. Mm-hmm. And like we learned how to take that and monetize it. Mm-hmm. And then we've learned, I learned how to use a camera right. and how to shoot on a camera. And now we have a full podcast mm-hmm. set up. Like 
learned microphones and plugging them in mm-hmm. and sound equipment. Um, I learned what like sales funnels and sales teams and closers and setters are right. and all this stuff that led up to be able to create a course mm-hmm. and then be able to create a advertisement for that course and how mm-hmm. to advertise it out to the internet. And then mm-hmm. on the back end, how to like sell that to somebody right? and then how to get them into the course and make sure they get the information they need to be able to be mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Right. I've also learned how sales happen in plumbing businesses. I've mm-hmm. also learned about the whole world of PE firms. Right. Right. I had no idea the about the whole world of real estate and taxes. Yeah. And- taxes. I had no idea. Like there was, businesses that go out and buy businesses and grow them and then resell them. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. Um, I had no idea there were people that go out and buy other businesses and group them together and then resell them. Yep. It's like, what? You do what? Yeah. And and the idea of like somebody would be willing to give me part of their business to help them grow it. Right. Whole new idea right. to me. All of this stuff I've learned in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, have I... Yes, all that information has probably made me back what I spent on coaching. Right. But when, Mm. if you look 10 years from now, all of that information that I've learned is probably going to make me 100x what I spent on coaching, if not more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's these, it's these, these worlds that I had no idea about. Yeah. that I had no clue about. These, tra- Just, these trajectories you had no idea about. That once I mm. learned them, it was like, oh, wait, I can go do this. And then I learned something else. I was like, holy snap, we can do this? Yeah. And this is possible? Mm-hmm. And people do this? Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Wild. Like, there's so much, like, in my brain now, there's so much opportunity in the world. Uh, it's insane. Sure. sure. Where I used to live in a world as a technician where it was like, I'm stuck going to work every day, mm-hmm. working for the man, mm-hmm. and this is the end of my life. I will only ever hopefully be able to make this much money, but yep. I always have to work this much. And I'm going to have to save and stack away cash for mm-hmm. someday when I don't want to work again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and your trajectory, your vision trajectory is very, looks like this. It's like a very downward curving <laughs> yeah. thing. And Maybe I think it's what, flat. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. flat and then it tapers at the end and mm-hmm. then it just kind of pitters away. Yeah. And I think what education does is it, presents to you a whole new trajectory. Yep. It says, hey, like, so even if we think about within a plumbing business, even just understanding your price, when you're underpriced, your trajectory is a downward slope Yep. at worst and then horizontal at best, but that's yep. like at best. Um, but when you learn like, oh, wow, this is actually how you price your business, suddenly you have a brand new trajectory in your mind. Yeah. Because now you can actually shoot higher and achieve that goal that you actually never thought you could. So it's like, like I talked to a guy today and I can tell how somebody feels about their current state by how they describe the way in which they'll get to their desired state. Yeah. So they'll say, yeah, one day I really want to do this thing. Yeah. I hope to eventually give this business to my kid. Yep. And I'm like, how old's your kid? He's five. And so I'm like, okay, so in your head, your trajectory is in 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. your business will be good to give to your kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, if you only knew that you could give this business to your kid in three years. Yeah. If your kid was obviously old enough to take it. <laughs> yeah. But like, just because the mindset is, okay, it's going to take forever to get this to that point where that guy's at, you know, down the street where he yep. looks like he's successful. That took him his whole life. Therefore, it's going to take me my whole life. Dude, yeah. And we just assume that that's how it's supposed to go. When but- I 
when I first started my plumbing business, my vision of it was mm. I don't want to work in the truck anymore. And I'm just going to get this thing to where there's enough people in the field where I can sit in the office and manage it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I'd seen. <laughs> yeah. Like that's as sure. far, that's that was as, your trajectory that you that's thought as far mm-hmm. as I could think, because that's as far as I knew what was possible. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got in that situation and it was like, somebody else could sit here. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? This might like, not have to be me. Yeah. And it was like, somebody else could do this job. It doesn't have to be me. Yeah. And I started to like, I started to research entrepreneurs who were doing that mm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Pineda was probably one of the first ones yep. I ever started watching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember I watched the first video of that I watched that caught my attention was um, how I make $100,000 a month. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I was not making $100,000 mm-hmm. a month. And I was like, I want to make $100,000 a month. <laughs> yeah, and I that wa- sounds good. And I watched his video and he was talking about you know, he's doing all these things, got all these investments or whatever, but he had one business that was like the majority of his money. Right. And it was his house flipping business. Mm-hmm. It was his house flipping business and then a little bit of his education business. Yeah. And what caught my attention was he built his house flipping business and it was just over there running. It was just doing stuff. And he was working on his YouTube channel and his education business. Mm. And I was like... He did it. I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's making a hundred grand a month, mm-hmm. and he's not involved in the day to day of his business. I can make a hundred grand a month, and I don't need to be involved in the day to day of my mm-hmm. business. It was like, whoa! It's like yeah, major sure. unlock, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that very clearly. It was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna make it so that I don't have to be involved in the day to day. Another unlock in my life, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. It was like, bam! Another so, view of a new horizon. Yep. So then, when I got there. And I didn't need to be involved in the day to day. Then it was like, you know, another major unlock was I don't even need to be in the same state. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. really don't. Yeah. With today's technology, it's like I haven't been to work in like a month. Yeah. So, like, why not just do this from another state? Mm-hmm. Like I could do it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, even then, like I thought I was going to have to go back every four weeks just to check in, mm-hmm. see how things are going and yep. show my face. Cause, yeah. Cause you're s- super important for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I got down here and I started going back less and less often, like I don't, it's been a while since I've been back now mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, I don't want to go back and I'm, <laughs> I'm not going back for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so like, even that that is possible, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Until it, like I, I, noticed it in somebody else or till somebody else told me or until I got to a point where I could see that it was possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. And it's kind of like for everybody who's listening, who's early on in their plumbing business, like I, my plumbing business grew fast Mm -hmm. and we got out of there fast, but, um, like it could be way faster. Mm-hmm. Would, if you if you didn't limit yourself on your mindset. Mm-hmm. Like if I would have had the mindset of, I'm going to make this business run without me from the get-go. Sure. Like I could have broken it down into smaller steps, like close to the ones that I took. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have had to have these moments of like going into the office and then being like, okay. And I sat there for like months. Yeah. Before I had the realization of, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. need to sit here. Yeah. Right. 
And that realization came because you learned something. Yes. Like it was an educational moment that yep. shifted your mindset because to me, the next natural question is like, okay, Jared, this makes sense. But like, how do I even begin shifting my mindset when I don't even know what my mindset may or may not be? Like I have inclinings, but I don't know the details. I've never thought yeah. about it. So what are my first steps to like knowing what I don't know? So like for me, it was just, it started with just doing things. Mm-hmm. So pushing to be better. But then also it was like a lot of seeking out other people who are doing better than I am mm. and just watching what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like going on YouTube and watching entrepreneurs, even if they're not in my space, mm-hmm. if they're just slightly ahead of you and mm-hmm. watching what they're doing and going, okay, like they're doing this. How does that relate to my business? Right. Or if they can do it, I can do it. Right. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they can grow a house flipping business, that sounds way more complicated than a plumbing business <laughs> um, to, you know, a million dollars a year in profit mm-hmm. and not be involved in the business every day. Mm-hmm. I should be able to do that with my plumbing business, mm-hmm. right? Even though if I would have told anybody in my life at that time that that's what I wanted to do, they were like, are you sure? Is that possible? Yeah. Or you're just ripping people off. Or is this the right thing to be doing with your life? Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Like Mm -hmm. when I was, when I decided to go for it and I was buying vans and Mm -hmm. hiring guys Mm -hmm. and you'll get your family and your, you know, your parents, your brothers, your friends, Mm -hmm. they're all going to be like, are you, are you doing all right? Yeah. Are Are you, you, are you okay? Are you sure you shouldn't slow down a little bit? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's like, I would watch out for that bad yeah because so i really think that like breaking ourselves out of mindset it Mm -hmm. comes down to okay who are the people in our life who are we listening to and how are we gathering new information yeah because when when we're stuck a lot of times it's because we we're just in a rut and there's nothing new around us to educate us on any new ideas yeah and and that could be for all sorts of reasons but every time I've seen your mindset shift. It's usually because an outside force has been like, hey, Jared, you haven't thought about this right. Yeah. Or you've read a book or you've done this or you've sought knowledge and information. Yeah. And so like we can't ever sleep on gaining knowledge and information. Yep. Which I just had a mindset shift yesterday mm-hmm. or this last weekend. It's, confu- about, it's a confusing week. It is. I've had lots <laughs> of mindset shifts mm-hmm. just about my plumbing business, right? Mm-hmm. I've thought it's like, it's in a limited market. I'm capped. Mm. Like putting more resources into it, you know, probably isn't a good use of my time because I could put those resources into this over here mm-hmm. where it's not capped and then I can make way more money. Right. But when I'm looking at my plumbing business, you know, and I have a duty to the people who are involved mm-hmm. and to the customers who we serve. Mm-hmm. And if I want that business to succeed long term, like I've been thinking about things short term and I've been trying sure. to think about things long term. Sure. And I've already come to that conclusion of like, okay, thinking about things long term allows me to do things today that right. benefit me 10, 20 years from now. Right, right, right. Rather right. than doing the things, mm. rather than pushing those off and only doing things that benefit me now, now, now. Right. Um, that's a mindset shift that I've been going through probably the last like six months. Mm. And so I'm I'm finally at this point where I'm like, okay. I'm making good money. I've got these things going. Mm, mm-hmm. I need to be more willing to take some of the money I am making and reinvest it into the things I've got going for long-term 
benefit, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I'm more willing to do that stuff. Like social media, that's not. Like going out on social media, hiring a video editor or video editor mm-hmm. and putting all that time and money and effort into making videos on social media and these podcasts, it's not an immediate benefit. Nope. But I know that 10 years from now, it's going to be a huge benefit, right? So I'm, mm. I'm more willing now to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with my plumbing business, I like had this mindset shift of, of oh, I need to be doing the same thing with that plumbing business. Sure, yeah, I need yeah, to be yeah. investing mm-hmm. it now for returns 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And it came from me listening to a podcast. Yeah, right? it literally did. You said you shared me a podcast on Sunday. Yeah. And then on Monday we had a brand new pivot. Dude, I put in like we've put in like three new things into the plumbing business yeah. since I listened to that podcast. Yeah. And it was that, you know, I have a plumbing company that is very successful, mm-hmm. has very good profit margins, has a very good business model, has a really good stronghold mm-hmm. on the you market. You live in Florida, it lives in the wintertime. Yeah. But it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not one hundred percent. Is mm-hmm. it really good? Yes. Could it be better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and I was listening to a podcast where the guy was interviewing um, somebody much, way bigger than I was. Yeah. And so hearing the way that he thinks about his plumbing business at a hundred million dollars, just, there was so many things in that podcast where I was like, I need, like, I need to make that shift in my business now. Mm -hmm. Not that this one plumbing business will ever get to a hundred million. Right. Because the market is so small. Right. But if I can make this plumbing business run like that plumbing business, mm-hmm. then I can take this system and I can go put it in this plumbing business mm-hmm. and I, in a market that can support a hundred million. Right. And I have the system to run a really good plumbing business. Right. right? And there's value in that. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's also value in creating such a strong plumbing business in my market mm-hmm. that nobody can touch it. Mm-hmm. Right. If we've got it dialed down to where we have exceptional customer service. Like our CSR department Mm -hmm. is just out of this world, badass. Mm -hmm. Our technicians are out of this world, badass. Mm -hmm. Our systems are out of this world, badass. Our, like everything is just awesome. Mm -hmm. Our marketing is like on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really hard for somebody to come in and mess with my business. Right. So that business could stay there and operate. For 20 years. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus I used to think like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this business, maybe I need to look at this business as something that isn't permanent. Right. I built it to a point and if like I used to look at it as, okay, maybe it'd be better to sell this, take the funds and go reinvest somewhere else. Right. And that might be the best move, sure. but to... Mm. to not make it as cool as possible. Like I'm yeah. only hurting the value of the business if I ever mm-hmm. did want to sell it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, all, I'm only hurting the value of the business if I wanted to hold on to it, like the long-term gains. Yeah. So anyway, huge mindset shift for me, right? Mm-hmm. So even at this point, even owning a $5 million a year plumbing business, which is funny because my goals this year, we sit down with goals. I have goals mm-hmm. with my general manager for our plumbing business. At the beginning of the year, I was like, I just want to do $5 million this year again. Mm-hmm. We can just do that again. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And it can mm-hmm. make a million to a million and a half in profit. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But after I listened to this podcast, I was like, you know what? We can do better. 
Yeah. Like I 100% believe that if we can get our CSR department better, we can get our marketing even better and we can get our employee attraction even better. Mm -hmm. I think this business can do better. Yeah. And so we actually went back in and we changed our goals. Mm -hmm. So now we're shooting for 6 million, Mm -hmm. which is funny Mm because I bet you we'll pull another million dollars out of this market Mm -hmm. just because we changed our mindset. (sighs) Dude. So, (laughs) so even, Mm. And I bet we'll maintain profit margins as well. Mm-hmm. So even like at the level of having a $5 million plumbing business that runs very well, I'm still going and looking mm-hmm. and finding things and really trying to gain new insight and new information to make that even better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it takes to be, like I think that's what it takes to be a successful business owner. I think sure. you have to continually be doing that. right? And you have to be willing to put the time in the work in, pay money for information, and do those kinds of things. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck at like, okay, I'm going to get in that general manager seat, and I have a price ceiling on my business, so I have to build my business inside this yeah. ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, it's all very artificial and arbitrary, and you'll never get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You'll just be stuck, mm-hmm. and it's a it's lame. Mm. Yeah. I think it's super important. Um, that was mostly about money, right? Yeah. And mostly about building your business. Like, uh, let me touch on that real quick. Mm-hmm. If I could tell everybody one thing it would be to, and I kind of went into it, but I didn't flesh it out. When I originally was like, I just want to get in the office and be the general manager. Mm-hmm. Okay on the back of thinking longer term, Mm -hmm. knowing what I know now. So when I was working towards that, I only did things in my business that got Mm -hmm. me to there. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. And then when I had the realization of, Mm -hmm. I could just not sit in the seat and somebody else could, I only did things to get me to there, Mm -hmm. right? Versus had I thought bigger from the Mm get-go of like, okay, I want to turn this into a $10 million plumbing business, that has management in place and I can live in another state, I would have gone out and done the research and right. found like what it takes to get there. And I could have started putting those pieces in play from the beginning, right? right? Or at least having that in the back of my head. Hmm. Um, and it would have saved a lot of headache, a lot of rework on things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I did that were good enough. And I, I yeah. probably would have just put another five minutes of effort into it to make it so that it was good enough for my end goal yeah. instead of, because as your end goal gets bigger, like that requires more work and more, yep. you know, stuff involved. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been so much better had I just thought big because then my actions would have reflected my thinking mm-hmm. rather than thinking small and having mm-hmm. small actions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be my advice to anybody. Think big and then just start doing, like taking the actions to get that big. Hmm. That way you're not, lim- your your mindset of like where you want to go isn't limiting you mm-hmm. in the actions you take on the daily. And just by just by thinking bigger and then taking actions to get there, even if you don't know what they are, mm-hmm. even if you got to go figure them out, um, you'll naturally unlock things in your mind a lot quicker. Right. You'll you'll find yourself stuck a lot less mm-hmm. that way. Mm, I think that like a huge takeaway just in this conversation is really like 
okay, because everything starts with your mindset. But I think what happens is we get into these conversations where we're like, hey, I'm stuck in my plumbing business because I don't have enough leads, or I can't hire anybody, or I can't do this. Yep. Like we're identifying symptoms. And I think <laughs> a lot of the times those symptoms will eventually track back to how are you even perceiving your business? Like there is a, there's a concept that's in your head that is not correct mm-hmm. that you need to work with. And that could just be a mindset, like, like the simple concept that we're just talking about mostly is, you know, having a valuable product so that you can charge properly. Cause if you don't even think that let, cause you don't believe that yet, yeah, then it doesn't like, you won't ever get any, you won't get very far. Right. And so the whole thing is like, we always have to consider our mindset and we always should be trying to educate ourselves on mm, inc- like improving our mindset, learning more about our business and just business in general. Cause that will be helpful. I don't care what business you're in. Business in general is still businesses in general, Yep. right? Like you yep. might not be able to go to Barnes and Noble and be like, Oh, plumbing business book, boom, and pull it out of the shelf and like thumb through it and see all the answers. Yep. But if you pull out like, Oh, I'm going to read like, I don't know. I'm going to read, Warren Buffett, like, what did he talk about? And you just yep. start to inform yourself about things. Like, what happens is you learn how other people think. Yep. And then you go, oh, man, if I thought like that, what would that do in my situation? Yes. Because in business, so many things transfer. Because at the end of the day, all we're doing is solving people's problems. Yep. And we're trying to do it the best we can. Yep. And then we're trying to make money by doing it. Yep. For all the reasons why we do that. Yep. And that's just so much of it comes down to how we think about it. Yeah. Um, Ken Goodrich said something good on a, on a interview I watched the other day. He said, we are in, in the, he was relating it to the HVAC business cause that's the business he's in, but it's the same thing's true for plumbing business. So he said, we're in the, we're in the business of buying and reselling skilled labor. Mm. <laughs> and it's such a valuable way to think about plumbing business because that's really all mm. you're doing. Sure. You're not, you're real. I mean, at the core of it, like that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're buying and reselling labor. Mm-hmm. So, what does it cost for you to buy it and then resell that labor plus a profit percentage? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how you need to think about your business. It was a good, it was a good little twist on mm-hmm. what is your business really doing? Like, what are you really selling? Yeah, sure. We sell skilled labor. Mm hmm. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what we sell. Mm-hmm. So just like Taco Bell sells tacos, mm-hmm. we sell skilled labor. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know, Vans sells clothing, we mm-hmm. sell skilled labor, right? right? The business at the end of the day is still the same. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like Vans markets for t-shirts, mm-hmm. we market for skilled labor, right? Yeah. yeah. Vans prices their t-shirts based off what it costs them to produce this t-shirt. Mm-hmm plus a profit margin. Mm-hmm. We price our plumbing business off of what it costs us to buy and resell this skilled labor mm-hmm. plus a profit margin, mm-hmm. right? So if you like, if you can view it that way, all those business books you go read, all the yeah. business stuff you go look they at, they all start to fit. They all start to fit. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're just selling a product mm-hmm. and the product has a cost and we got to market it and mm-hmm. it's the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Over and over. Hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think so. Because then it, it unrestricts like how we go about finding new information. Because then suddenly if you're like, oh, well, there isn't enough people speaking in this way. Mm-hmm. There's like, now there's like everybody and their mom's talking about this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And so go on the internet and start listening to people and learning what they're talking about. 
Yeah, and it's cool to find people who are, um, you know, slightly ahead of you. Yes. Like, just like I shared that story of Ryan Pineda, like mm-hmm. he at that time had a business that made him a million dollars and mine was only making me, you know, a few hundred thousand at that time. Right. And so to me, when I watched what he was doing, it was attainable. Yeah, sure. It, it wasn't was like, like you're looking at Jeff Bezos like, oh yeah, he's making billions of dollars. Yeah, I don't even like, know what that means. Even to this day, that would be like, yeah, it's to me, it's, I can't make that connection, right? Yeah. Cause it's so far off. And there's so many little pieces that you don't understand. Yeah. And, and, and when I saw Ryan Pineda, it was like, I could do that. Like, this is possible. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm close to that already. Mm-hmm. Like, so what is he doing that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. Like, how did he get from where he, where I am to where he is? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, you can go search out that information and learn more stuff and mm. figure out how to get there, right? Mm-hmm. How to apply that stuff to your business. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like Alex Hormozy and yep. I don't know who else I watch, but just watching, you know, watching those guys. Like when I first started watching Alex Hormozy, was like, man, this guy's on another level. Mm-hmm. But now that I've consumed enough, you know, read his book and thought about it and applied it to my businesses and over the past year and I've learned all this information, I'm like, man, I could be there pretty quick. Yeah, sure. Like it's not that far off. Yeah. So definitely a good idea to go search out new information. Mm -hmm. And I think in that new information, you're going to get, you're just naturally going to get like mind unlocks. Yeah, and it keeps you in the headspace of business. Because, like, sometimes, yeah. like, I'll go through, like, mm, cycles of what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just listen to, like, books about whatever, about mm-hmm. nothing, just fun books. And then I'll dive back into, like, business books or podcasts. Like, mm-hmm. I'll listen to political podcasts for a long time. Then I'll cycle back to, like, Alex Ramosi podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you shared me that, it was a Gary V podcast mm-hmm. that you shared me. And even going back into that, it's, like, fun how it, like, re-sparks mm-hmm. your brain. Because we all, like... We get to these points when we're consuming content that we're like, enough's enough. Yeah. Like, it's all just sounds like, what's yep. my business? And you're like, okay, I get it. And then I give myself a little space, but then when I get back into it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do some stuff. Like it, it's, it can be a little fuel to keep you going, to yeah. hear somebody who is further about you or further in front of you talk about business in general. Yeah. And just like how to, th- and like really like how to think about it how to structure your time and your life. Like there's little things that you can take from that and immediately implement. That yep. is actually like pretty fun and satisfying to do. Yep. Cause like, I mean, it's, it gets hard and it's nice yeah. to like find outlets like that where you're like, okay, I'm a little encouraged now. So you mentioned Gary Vee in that podcast. And one of the things that was a huge unlock for me in my business was just how I think about money. Mm. But then probably the next mm. big thing was how I think about marketing. Right. So I used Mm -hmm. to, you know, there's been a huge push for like marketing is lead generation. And so. Sure. Sure, Yeah. Just just a strict one-to-one. That's what that equates to. And if it's not trackable, don't do it. Right. Right. That's kind of like the thought on it. Mm -hmm. And um, like, especially in plumbing business, you think like, like we hear it all the time with all the owners, like, well, I'm on PPC and it costs this much per lead and. And they're just lead obsessed, right? right? Sure. And so I started out my plumbing business like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't obsessed with leads and I was willing to pay way more for leads than most people mm-hmm. just because I'd already gone through the pricing and I was confident in my hourly rate. And if I had to pay more for a lead, I just charge the customer more until right. it's worth it, right? Right. 
obviously if I can get leads cheaper somewhere else, I'll get them somewhere else. Sure. But the, you know, the, the kind of like mindset shift that I had was just looking at old school marketing tactics mm-hmm. and it all started with Gary V. So, you know, I got to that point in the plumbing business where I had a general manager in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about on the last episode, I went and I wrote my systems mm-hmm. and I had this time frame where I needed to let the systems roll, the general manager roll yep. and just see how everything went for mm-hmm. a few months. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, I started digging into my marketing because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I know we're on social media. My marketing company at the time was posting on social media on mm-hmm. my behalf. And I think we were posting, you know, two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen a bunch of Gary V stuff where he's like, post a gazillion times a day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on everything, all on the time. All the platforms, yeah. right? <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, there's got to be something to that mm-hmm. of posting content regularly. And I'm going to go do some research and figure out like what this looks like. Mm -hmm. And so you look at it with like Gary V and it's like, he's got, you know, he's putting all this content out there and it's all organic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, if I just do more content, then it should do a lot of good. So I Mm -hmm. I developed a content strategy Mm -hmm. and um, it's funny because like I, I started to understand that, Mm. okay, marketing is more than just, getting a lead like it's hard to put it all into a short sentence here but <laughs> you can do two or three sentences if you want I'll well we got a while so maybe i'll do a few sentences <laughs> so <laughs> just talk them really slow yeah uh, no um it's like you can go pay for leads but that's all you're doing yeah it's a continual hey google i need another lead here's mm-hmm. another couple hundred bucks mm-hmm right? Versus like at that point in time, we were paying a lot of money for leads. Sure. And I was like, okay, I just sat down and I thought about it. If like old school marketing has always been like getting in front of eyeballs Mm -hmm. and getting people to know who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about it. Okay. I've got these people in my town. They need Uh, a plumber and they're mm -hmm. going on the internet and they're Mm -hmm. searching plumber. First of all, only reason they would go to Google and search plumber or water heater or anything like that is if they didn't know who to call. Right. But if they knew who to call, they would likely just call you. Right. Second of all, maybe they didn't quite know who to call, but they knew who your plumbing business was and they knew a little bit about your plumbing business. Mm -hmm. Then when they go to Google and they search plumber and you have an ad there, Mm-hmm. and they see you, and they're like, oh, I know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. They're probably more likely to click your ad versus your competitors. Sure, of course. And give you a call, mm-hmm. right? And when I started to like realize that, like I realized I was just paying for leads, and some people in the community knew who I was, mm-hmm. but not everybody. Right. And so just like my plumbing business can be better, like Mm -hmm. we can do better at this, Mm -hmm. just getting everybody to know who I am Mm -hmm. or who my plumbing company Mm -hmm. is. And it was cool because we developed this strategy of like, okay, I'm going to pay, I'm going to post a whole bunch. And then I realized when you post a whole bunch on social media, Google doesn't really show your posts to not Google, but like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, they don't really show your posts to people in your local area. Right. 
they're showing that post to everybody in the world. Right. And when you make content for a plumbing business, it's not that exciting. And so it doesn't go very <laughs> yeah. far because yeah. nobody, everybody in the world doesn't care about it, right? right? And so it gets very little engagement. And if you did get one that got lots of engagement for some reason, like mm -hmm. you did something really funny or had a funny video or mm -hmm. something and it went viral, well, chances of a bunch of people seeing it in your local area is very slim. Right. And it was like, okay, so how do we get people in my local area to see it? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I can just spend money on this post mm -hmm. and then I get to select who sees it. Mm -hmm. I can see it. Only people in my area who own a home, I mm -hmm. want them to see my content. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, dang. So now I have this opportunity on social media where we can learn, we can start to educate people about who we are, mm -hmm. what our logo looks like, what our colors are, what the textures are that are associated with our business. Mm -hmm. We can show them our five-star reviews. We can start educating them on the services we offer. Mm -hmm. We can start educating on them why we're a better choice than everybody else. Mm -hmm. All through a matter of putting out content and lots of it mm -hmm. and then putting a little bit of money behind it. Mm -hmm. And then when I watched that podcast that I sent you the other day, mm -hmm. it was like he just... Gary V got up in front of a bunch of plumbing business owners right. who are way ahead of the game. Plumbing business owners and other service-based businesses. Other service-based businesses. Mm -hmm. I think Tommy Millo was there. Yeah. Guy from Next Gen Air was there. Mm -hmm. There was some heavy, like, 100 and yeah. $150 million businesses I mean, if, if there. Gary v, if you got an event and Gary V's talking to you, you're probably like a $100 million plus business. Yeah. And, um, and he gets up there and he basically telling them to do what we've been doing yeah. in my business. Mm -hmm. And all those all those owners are confused. Mm. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> yeah. wait, what? Yeah. You're telling me to like stop worrying about lead gen and start focusing on organic? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, not organic. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're posting organic, but you're mm -hmm. putting money behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody's like, just pure brand awareness? And Gary Vee's like, you don't understand. Like, mm. think about it. Everybody in this room isn't doing what I'm saying. So how much opportunity do you think is on there? Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if getting in front of eyeballs, if you, we can agree that getting in front of people and showing them your mm -hmm. logo and all that stuff is important, which everybody in the room agreed on because everybody had their van wraps, everybody was doing billboards, mm -hmm. everybody was doing radio, right. everybody was doing TV, but yet they were unwilling to go put out 40, 50, 60, 100 posts a month on social media and put a little bit of money behind them to mm -hmm. put them out in their community. Mm -hmm. He's like, we all agree that getting in front of eyeballs is a good thing, but why are you guys wasting your money on billboards? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think um, somebody got up and said, you know, what was it? It was like this billboard, you know, they tell me it gets 40,000 eyeballs. Yeah. And Gary Vee's like, do you know how they how they figure out that number. It's like, how many cars drive by times seven? Mm -hmm. He goes, out of the seven people that they say are in that vehicle, one of them is driving. Guess what the rest of them are doing? Looking on their phone. They're looking on their phone. They ain't looking at no billboard, mm -hmm. right? So, like, why not get on the phone? Mm -hmm. Like, where they're actually looking. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. And then he even brought up in that same example, like, when you're watching TV, people get on TV, but it's like, what do you do on commercial breaks these days? If you're watching TV with commercials, you hop on your phone, dude. Yeah. Like, you're just watching the commercials. Yeah, yeah, doing that. You're right back on your phone perusing whatever content that you're taking in. So, yep. why not be in a medium where you pop up there? Yeah. And so, like, within this, like, 
is a very is a very cool mindset shift because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stress and anxiety that shifts around the ROI question. Like marketing yep. companies lose their jobs who are good agencies because there's this ROI idea behind it and everybody's really transfixed on this. Yep. Um, and again, we're not saying that like, you shouldn't pay attention to ROI at all. Although we kind of are saying that because it's... I don't, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Like I, we, we can track our ROI because mm-hmm. my marketing company wants to, mm-hmm. but I could care less. Mm-hmm. I really could. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing I need to know is Am I getting in front of people sure. where they're looking? Mm-hmm. And do I have enough work? It's really all I need to know. And like, if really, there's people on Google AdWords, I want to be in front of them there. Mm-hmm. If there's people on GLSA, I want to be in front of them there. Mm-hmm. If they're on Facebook, if they're on TikTok, if they're on YouTube, mm-hmm. if they're looking at billboards, if they're like, I don't care where it is, I just want to get in front of them. And really, like, the more I can get in front of somebody, the better. And so, like, yeah. this goes like all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. I bought a bike because the thought was in my head consistently. Yep. And it all it like all it was is between one, it was I all, knew it I was, knew it was a good idea. Like so it, for, was, all it was all Jared. Everybody it was all Jared. I, I, I dropped the seed <laughs> and then I just kept watering it, splashing it with some little driplets. Just slowly. <laughs> and and I mean, we can take that same concept and we can apply it to our businesses where it's like if you put yourself out there and you you just want to get in front of people because that is like the fundamental idea of marketing to its core. Yep. Is it's the same thing. Like what you don't know kills you and limits you. Yep. And like if a customer doesn't know you exist because they've never seen you, then they will never choose your business. Nope. If they do choose your business, one, they, you know, you gave Google 200 bucks and then boom, they chose your business because of that. But yep. then chances are like this person, they have no reason to actually work with you. Because you're just like 100%. first contact, you know. Um, it's just they know, not. They know stick nothing there. about your business except for you were on Google and you have decent reviews. Yep. And that's like, it. Other than that, they have zero context about your business. Yeah. Versus the customer who comes in, who searches you out, or even sees your ad and they've seen your stuff mm-hmm. elsewhere, they have like way more context. Mm-hmm. So, like our customers now, they because of what we've put out on social media over the last couple of years, have a much better understanding of what it is that our business does, Mm -hmm. what it is that our business offers, Mm -hmm. and what they're actually purchasing when they buy from our business. Mm -hmm. And so they come to our business with preset expectations of what we offer. And when we go to their house and we fulfill on those preset expectations, they're very happy customers. Right. And so one-star reviews go down, five-star reviews go up, right? Mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's like a, to me, it's like a magical unlock of like, <laughs> sure. it's like the world's best kept secret for today. Yeah, for service businesses specifically. Oh yeah, because nobody's doing it. No, because there's always this question of, well, if I can't see the results tomorrow, then why would I put my money into it? And this goes back to the education thing as well, mm-hmm. where it's just like, well, why would I spend my money in education? Because if I, if I don't, I could put that money into this other thing where I would see yep. results immediately. And yep. it's like, okay, but we're not talking about the results tomorrow. We're talking about like, be it education or investing in your branding. Like these are like long-term results that you want because at the end of the day, you want to get to the point, and everybody does, where at least their business is paying everybody's bills very well. Yep. And then probably to the point where you can sell your business or give it to your kid or whatever. Yep. But that is only possible 
if you are comfortable spending money on things that just get in front of people consistently and you are spending money on education so that you can even see the value in that. Because yep. I would say if you don't see the two values in education and getting in front of people consistently, you will have an incredible limiting belief and it will be very difficult for you. Yeah, I'd say that's probably like, probably the two most important things is, probably the two most important things that you could change your beliefs about today mm. would be to go get educated on running a plumbing business the proper way. Mm -hmm. And then understand that marketing is just getting in front of, like not even getting in front of eyeballs, but just educating people on that you exist. Yep. Like at its core. And right now we have really good, relatively cheap mediums to do that. Like yeah. the thing that's the thing that we see within our social media company is those prices are always like those prices never go up, but nope. the same amount of people see the ads yep. and then that fluctuates up and down, but never like crazy. Nope. Like, like this last month I had most everybody went up by 15, 20%. Yeah. And like, it's like y'all spending the same amount of money, Yeah, but you're still consistently. So it's like, I have not seen a more consistent machine of just like, I'm in front of you again. I'm in front of you again. Here I am again. And then the more you like, here the, I am again, the more you and your business, like, take control of that and personalize with that and yep. really interact with it, the better you can introduce yourself to your customer. Yep. And it just creates, again, you just put this little drip and this idea in their head. Yep. They're constantly seeing it. And so that when that problem does happen in their home, they're like, man, well, I already know who I'm going to call. Yep. Because I already know that they fix all these things because they told me in creative ways that got my attention. Yep. I already know that they have all these cool reviews and I think they're kind of funny. Yep. And all these other reasons. So like... I'll just go with them. Yep. It's like when I moved here to Pensacola, and you can probably attest to this. <laughs> yeah. The I was like, okay, I probably need to get somebody to maintain my air conditioning unit, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want to hire, I just want to hire somebody who's gonna come and <laughs> maintain it. And I don't gotta think about it. Yep. I don't I don't care what it costs. Yep. So if you're the most expensive, don't care. Whatever. It could be 10 grand a year. I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as it was easy. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I don't know who to call. Well, to this day, I've been here for a year and a half and I only know to call one company. Mm. One. Mm -hmm. To me, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I know to call that company is because I've seen their billboards. Mm -hmm. I've seen their truck wraps. I've seen their social media content. And I think that's about all I've seen them. Mm -hmm. But I've actually seen them probably, you know, I've seen them a lot. Mm -hmm. So I've seen their social media stuff a lot. I've seen their billboards a lot. And I mm -hmm. see their vans a lot. Mm -hmm. And between those three touch points, I've remembered their name. And I know that they offer air conditioning maintenance. Yep. I have not seen that from any other company in town. Mm -hmm. Now I can go on Google and search, and I've done this. I've gone on Google and I've searched for air conditioning companies and there's a ton of them. Yep. But yet the only one that's spending money on reaching out to be known is this one company. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Who am I going to call? I'm going to call that company. Yep. Because they've already put it in my head that they offer what I need. Mm -hmm. They do a really good job. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get here quickly. And they're going to make sure I'm taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. So if I know like what I want is available with this company... When I go Google, the funny part is when you go Google air conditioning maintenance, they're the first ones that pop up, yeah. right? Because they're paying for Google ads. And like typically like 
like knowing what we know, we look for those companies in all service because we know that, well, if they're running it that way, they're going to provide a better service. Yeah. Because you can't run your business doing those things and like be dirt cheap, not provide a good service. Exactly. So it's like, if I see that you don't have a van wrap and I, I'm already like, no, nah, man, you're already off. Or like, yeah, dude. Like, like I, I, I wanted somebody to do my patio mm-hmm. and it was like, we didn't know who to call. Mm-hmm. And you could search patio and like nobody was serving ads for it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it was called. It was called, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like hardscaping or something like yeah, that. Yeah. We had no idea. And my wife ended up calling like a, some company who sells the bricks mm-hmm. and getting a recommendation. Yeah. And recommended like three or four different people. And we're mm-hmm. lo- she gave us business cards. And I'm looking at these business cards <laughs> and I'm like, man, <laughs> like, dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like terrible names, yeah. terrible branding. Yep. And then we call them and like they don't answer their phone. And then they don't call back. And one of them finally called us back and he showed up to our house. And his, he was just a plain white truck. It was dirty. Mm-hmm. Truck had dents on it. Mm-hmm. He was a younger guy. He was kind of dirty. His hair was kind of wild. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know who else to call. Yeah, exactly. Right? If there had been a company that even when I just Googled them, mm-hmm. like, like patio, mm-hmm. if some hardscape company would have popped up, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sweet. And they had good branding and they showed up in a nice truck. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, cool. I feel good about this. How much does it cost? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Right? And yeah. funny part is, like, the guy who did come into our patio, he probably charged the same as those other guys were. It wasn't cheap, but he did, like, the pat, the work was okay, but the whole experience was, like, pretty lame. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'll be there in four days. And then 10 days go by <laughs> and he wasn't here. And I'm like... Meanwhile, I gave him like six grand of my money and yeah. I'm like, hopefully this guy yeah. didn't like jet out on me. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, you don't know. Whereas with a big company, I wouldn't have that worry. Or Ooh. not even with a big company, with a company that looks like they're big, like a company that exactly. has all the trimmings of a big company. Yep. Because it really communicates a ton. Yes. And it's, I mean, like, if you're listening to this and you don't have those things yet, like, consider looking into getting those things and educating yourself on like, okay, well, how would I go about this? Understand the price. When you hear the price, you'll freak out, but then realize that maybe you're too cheap and then start working your hourly rate and accommodate in that. Because if you don't add those things, how will you actually get out of the position that you're in? Dude, that's one thing that the, the, like, I'm going to compare my rates and then I got to live under this ceiling of Mm -hmm. what I can price my plumbing business at. Mm -hmm. Like we know you're there when we're when you're like, I tried Google Ads, but they're way too expensive. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. man, I wanted to rebrand with KickCharge, but they want they want like ten grand or fifteen mm-hmm. grand. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hire this marketing company, but they wanted like three grand a month just to be on with them. Right. Like that's how you know you're too cheap. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're asking your or if you're finding yourself saying those things, mm-hmm. like what you really should be saying is okay. Google ads cost this much. Marketing company costs this much. Mm-hmm. You know, rebranding costs this much. Mm-hmm. How much do I need to charge the customer to be able to afford all this stuff? Right. Because that stuff is stuff you need to, like, you most likely already know you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it because of the price. Mm-hmm. means you're too cheap. And you need to start thinking about it differently. Yep. Not, not, how can I, how can I, build a business under this false ceiling that doesn't even really exist. Yeah. (laughs) And, and more of like, okay, I know I need to do these things. 
how much do I need to charge to be able to afford to do these things? Yes. Right? Yep. That's a big mind unlock. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because it's like, you know, we'll hear those comments of like, oh, this is too expensive to do this. And it's just like, well, people are using those services or those services wouldn't exist. Exactly. Like, it's not like you're the only one. Everybody for PPC is paying $4 per lead. It's only you who's paying 200 Like, yeah. everybody's doing it. Everybody's so, so paying the, cost the same of, amount. Like, the cost to do your business in your area is the same for the next guy. Yep. And so when you see the big guys rolling around with their stuff and they're more expensive, it's because they have all those things that you don't have. Yeah, but they're like, what's going on is they're going, they're just ripping people off. Yeah, there's they're a, like four hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a reason they're four hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, because that's what it costs them to do business. Yeah, because they make a profit. Because they're like, well, yeah, because and it'd be funny because it's like you're ripping people off. And they'd be like, well, no, because PPC ads are this. And you'd be like, yeah, and they're like, yep. And I had to have a marketing company on retainer, and you're like, yeah, uh, yeah. And you'd like you'd connect with them, and be like, yeah, I'm trying to do all those things too. And then they're like, how do you think I got to pay for it? <laughs> yeah, huh? Huh? You're like oh. <laughs> Interesting. Like, okay. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. And like, if you're in an area where you don't see a ton of van wraps, then like notice that like what Gary Vee was saying about just social media marketing and social media branding or just branding in general, like, dude, there's a huge opportunity huge. for you to see like a real impact just by starting to brand yourself yep. with a van wrap and having a good website and all these things. Like, yep. Cause again, chances are if they're not doing van wraps, they don't have a real marketing company. They're yep. not really doing social. They're not providing as enough value to the customer. Yep. Like that's just, you can see it. Yep. And then even if you do, because I had a conversation with a guy today and he was, his sort of concern was everybody in my market, like, well, not everybody, but there's big companies who are doing all the things. Yeah. Um, and this was about our course that you guys are teaching in your course. Like, how am I going to differentiate myself? And my answer, I was like, well, it's not about, it's not about differentiating yourself. It's about, this is actually how you have to do it. Yeah. There isn't another way. Nope. Like to my knowledge, there's no other way to do it. Nope. Except doing these things. Yep. Because again, like these are big principles of business that exist. Yep. Like making a profit, getting in front of your customer. That's like... The thing is with a little company is they can oftentimes do it better than the big companies. Yeah. Because the big companies have been doing it this way for a long time. You know, they have their mm -hmm. methods and they're big. Mm -hmm. And so for them to pivot and do something out of the box, mm -hmm. unique, sure. mm -hmm. different, and better is really hard. Mm -hmm. For you as a small business owner, it's very easy. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of opportunity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Social media is a prime example of that. The big guys, they're not doing it. Especially franchise guys. Yeah, they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So if you can go in and just do marketing a little different, a little better, mm -hmm. just differentiate yourself in that one spot, mm -hmm. right? Then you can take a considerable amount of market share mm -hmm. and grow a multi-million dollar plumbing business. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you need to differentiate yourself on like, the way that you do business, but you can differentiate yourself on just the personality of your business. Yeah, totally. You mm -hmm. can differentiate yourself on the personality of your marketing, mm -hmm. how you answer the phones, like mm -hmm. the personality of the phone. Um, it's not like you have to, like he's probably thinking like, they're already doing all this stuff, so I need to be cheaper than them. Mm -hmm. Like I need to differentiate on price. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like just the fact that, like if Joel went and built a plumbing business and I went and built a plumbing business, mm -hmm. 
and we all both followed the exact same method, mm-hmm. we're going to end up with two very different plumbing businesses. Yep. Different right? cultures and like different different values to some extent. Yep. And we're going to offer slightly different service experiences still while being excellent. Yeah. And still while following all the core principles yes. of a successful plumbing business. Yes. Yeah. And what I told him also is like, listen, like all these companies, because he was in a big market too. So mm-hmm. I was like, all these companies are going to have customers who maybe they didn't have great experiences or maybe yeah. those companies couldn't even get to those customers. Yep. And so that you can rise up and be like, hey, I'm also a great option. Yeah. And then you can take market share by being a great option. Yep. And it's, again, it is so much better for communities to just have businesses that are run well. Yep. And like, again, the more plumbing businesses that are actually charging properly and operating well, it's just better for everybody. Like Dude, the plumbing be- businesses win, the customers win. Yep. Like if I had like six or seven van wraps rolling around Pensacola, I'd be like, this is cool. I get to really decide like yep. who who's like, who is really going to win my attention and win my business. Yep. Here's the other thing though. Like what that guy doesn't realize is he's got all these big competitors. They're they're big because there's a huge demand in this market. Yeah, true, true, true. And the ability to supply that demand right now is limited mm-hmm. by technicians. Mm-hmm. So you could have everybody with awesome brands and huge marketing budgets and char- and charging a lot, and they're all going to have enough work. Mm-hmm. Like just in the fact that like if this company was the only company in town they're not going to be able to get to everybody. Right. Yep. So then this company pops up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's both of them together. They're still not going to be able to get to everybody. Right. Um, and I don't see until the supply of service technicians gets solved. I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah. There's such a huge lack. Like I bet you those big companies get swamped yeah. at certain times of the year. Yep. And they literally can't keep up with all the work. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you? there's still room in the market for you, mm-hmm. even if you're doing the exact same thing they are. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. There's market for them, there's market for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Jared, wrap it up for us. Yeah, be, protect your mind. Don't listen to your family. <laughs> Unless they're actually helpful. Continually seek out new ideas and new ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Always be striving to get better. Um, raise your prices as always. <laughs> Eyeballs are very important. Be willing to invest in marketing, offer a good service. Like, if you do those three things invest in marketing, raise your prices, offer a good service, you're pretty much set. Yeah, it's really what it boils down to. Cool, man. Cool, man. Thanks. Catch you next time. See you, Holmes. <laughs>